you know, I've, I've learned that many of the things I did not like in myself, things that made me feel indecisive and unsure are actually strengths that have made me um, a peacemaker, which is what I desire to be. And welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Melspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. everybody and welcome back to this episode of the Advice Not Given podcast. Today you are listening in. It is August 11th and Kelly, I just want to do a quick drive-by of other things that have happened over the last few years about the second week of August. In in 2018, around August 11th, we released our course, Becoming Your Own Guru. We did. In 2019, around August 11th, we started and launched this podcast. And today, 2020, we are coming in with our 52nd episode, almost a year to the date of launching Advice Not Given. And I'm feeling like real proud of us. I mean, let's just say, like, I used to think August was like the worst month. Like, you know how Monday gets a bad rap? I right? always thought August was the worst, but you're convincing me otherwise. Apparently, we are super productive in August and like maybe that's our jam. Like, we're I, think it is. I think it is. I think it is. And here's the thing. We're finishing up today a nine episode series on the Enneagram mm-hmm. and you know, what better number than the Enneagram nine to patiently wait to hear what it means to be a peacemaker. So I'm excited about this episode today. And I'm excited that we're, you know, that we're finishing the series. And I think probably next week you'll hear maybe a recap of uh, not only the nine types and not necessarily types, but kind of our thoughts on the series and also maybe a look back at the last year of podcasting. But Mm -hmm. today we just want to focus in on this last number that we're covering. And um, I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed this process. It's just been another layer for me even of like learning more and digging in about the, the Enneagram. I mean, yeah, because like how much, how often do you spend a lot of time on types that aren't your type, right? Like it's, we all have this tendency of just like, oh, you know, learn mine and move on, but it's so helpful. And for me, it's been more about the movements um, that we can all make. And I know, you know, we've been trying to call out like, where do we see nine showing up in our lives? Where do we see like these tendencies for us? Is it a a direct connection that we have via a wing or stress and security? Mm -hmm. Or is it actually just something because you are or you have a type, you're not a type right? Like you have theoretically the opportunity to sort of tap into all of the nine types. Um, And what could we, how could we do that? And how could that show up for us? Yeah. So I know these poor nines are, they're so patient. (laughs) They're always the last of the the roundup, but we love you all the same. (laughs) Well, I also just feel like a sense of like, it's the perfect timing to talk about the nines. Like we're here at Mm -hmm. the end and like, we're, it's the last mile of our marathon and like we've done it. And like, that's such a non feeling to me, like oh. such a place of like peace and security and um, completion. completion. Yeah. yeah. Which is something yeah. that, you know, at the the top of the, the triangle in the Enneagram shape, that is what a lot of times nines are referred to is just kind of being yeah. that number of completion and embodiment of all the types. So, oh. 
so good. Look yeah. at us planning. We plan that out for sure. Right. Yep. <laughs> Always. Everything is planned here. Like so super structured, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> well, do you want to start with some of the names, other, uh, you know, maybe other names or monikers of the nine, and then I'll get into our statements about you might be a nine if. Yeah. So the nines are often referred to as the peacemaker um, or the reconciler. Sometimes they're the healer. Uh, the optimist or the utopian. So nines occupy this really um, interesting space at the very top of the diagram of the system. And that has all sorts of significance. But I think the easiest way to think of it for our purposes is just that the nines have this perspective, right? So you're on the very top and they actually have this really uncanny ability to be able to kind of see all of the points of view from each of the nine types. So nines often have a hard time typing themselves because of that fact, because they can essentially see everyone else's angle their vantage point and can find a kind of resonate uh, with each of the types. Um, often that's by merging. So they do tend to kind of go with whatever flow they're in, right? So if they're, you know, being influenced heavily by another type, they might merge into that type and kind of forget themselves. Um, but it does offer them a really great opportunity and a vantage point um, up there at the very top to keep the peace, whether it's their peace or, or the peace in general uh, in whatever environment they find themselves in. Yeah. And I know I've mentioned this before, but one of my movements as a six is to nine. So I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the things I'm about to to share with the, um, you know, type sorter or the the uh, statements about a nine ring true. So let's get into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be a nine if what people seem to like about you is that they feel safe around you. Aww. You might be a nine if you don't mind being around people and you don't mind being alone either. Um, either one is fine as long as you are at peace with yourself. And that's a word we're going to keep coming back to. You might be a nine if you feel like you found a certain level of balance in your life and you really don't see any reason to like mess with it or change it. You might be a nine mm-hmm. if being comfortable in every sense of the word appeals to you. You might be <laughs> you might be a nine if you would rather give somebody else their way than to create a scene or cause a conflict or have a, a mm-hmm. run in. Um, you might be a nine if you've ever been told that you seem distracted or absent minded. But the truth is you understand things. You just don't want to react to them. Mm. This one's true of a lot of nines. You don't really think you're stubborn, but other people say that you can be hard-headed once you make up your mind. (laughs) A couple more. You might be a nine if you very easily see a a variety or a different level of points of view, but you tend to agree with people more than you disagree with them, right? There's that Mm -hmm. anti-conflict person personality. And lastly, uh, as a nine during the day, you do everything that needs to be done, but when the day is over, you really know how to relax and take it easy. I'm Brenda Pace. I've often called myself the unofficial poster child for Enneagram type nine. I noticed the buzz on social media about the Enneagram and soon after I went to a retreat where someone I deeply respected shared how that tool had helped her understand herself better. And it was about that time that Claire, another person I deeply respect, began mentioning the Enneagram in her writing. So I started listening to podcasts. I I read books, The Way Back to You, The Sacred Enneagram, Self to Lose, Self to Find, and I followed Instagram featured accounts. And 
I did a few online assessments, but they did not ring true. And so I listened to those who advised studying the type characteristics. And as I did, I, I recognized so much of myself in type nine. I, I discovered the Enneagram during a, a particularly difficult time in my life. I was placed in a situation in which I had to navigate a lot of conflict, uh, not by my conflict exactly, but around me. And I found myself easily triangulated. You know, traits that I recognized in myself were magnified, uh, avoidance of conflict, seeing both sides, but being afraid that if I spoke up, I would lose people, just wanting to smooth things over, uh, becoming passive aggressive, minimizing my own desires in order to do what I could to just get to the peace. You know, I'm not okay until everybody else is okay. I, I could go on. So the Enneagram helped me recognize these things in myself. I know I always say this and you're not supposed to type your kids. And if my child, one of my children were to be a type right now, um, he would definitely be a type nine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know he's still trying on different uh, aspects and personalities, you know, tendencies, coping mechanisms, whatever. But um, there is something so nine about him. Like it is hard to deny. Mm -hmm. um, and when you say stubborn, like, yep, a million times over that shows up. Um, that's actually the nine's way of um, reacting to the anger that they have access to. So right. they're up in the body triad and they um, being on the center like triangle, the anchor triangle of the system, they share that with the three, six and nine. Um, they're in the center of their intelligence center, meaning they're in the, the middle of the body triad, but it actually causes them to be detached and dissociated a little bit from their center of intelligence. So their repressed center is actually their body. So right. they forget themselves. They're not in tune with themselves. And that's kind of it. That's where the, the lack of movement sometimes seems to come from, right? Like where you've got the eight that is like always on the go, like powerful move, move, move. The one that's kind of internalizing uh, stuff and potentially specifically that anger that we just mentioned, right. um, it's, it's turned inward. The nine is completely detached from it and su it's suppressed, right? So it just kind of bottles up and it shows up as stubbornness, right? Um, they're oriented in the past. So they're always kind of thinking backwards, um, or, you know, to their past. Um, they're in the positive outlook grouping, meaning when they're hit with conflict, they're always thinking of like, instead of, you know, complying or withdrawing or asserting, I guess, or withdrawing, they're going to be like, Oh no, everybody, let's look at what good happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> let's focus on the right side. It's not so bad. Yeah. Um, they move away from people to get their needs met. So they're in this withdrawing stance along with the five and the four, which I think is why I resonate a lot. I love nines. I love, mm -hmm. I'm drawn to them Me too. Um, they're kind of my speed. <laughs> so, um, I really, really enjoy them. Um, their core desire, the core thing that motivates them is having peace of mind and wholeness. Um, and their core fear is loss, separation, or fragmentation. So being detached from that whole, from that complete circle, right? They're, right. They, they desperately crave to cling on to it at the expense of themselves often mm -hmm. because they're willing to just swallow whatever it is that they feel or not even really be in tune with it. So they don't even know um, because they're so desperate for this calm sea. Um, they are really, you know, calm, cool, and collected. Um, they, they kind of fall, fall victim to this inertia 
of, yeah. of movement, right? Like um, they can uh, they can get going, but if they stop, they're down for a while. <laughs> Speaking of that, do you remember back when we were doing our welfare checks and Ariana was one of our call-ins and she is a nine and she talked about that during this pandemic that the inertia mm-hmm. piece has been really something she's had to work work really hard not to fall into. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I've seen, I see it happen all the time. So their, um, their passion, their emotional struggle that they, they suffer with, uh, struggle with is called sloth. Um, but it really just is like a form of lethargy first Mm -hmm. of all. And then also it's, um, laziness when it comes to getting to know themselves. Right. So that's where the self-forgetting comes in. Um, and they kind of, um, cut themselves off from recognizing their wants and needs. Um, because again, it's easier to just go with the flow. Um, they make great mediators. So you'll often find nines as therapist. Um, you know, they can, whereas a five may be capable of like neutrality. I think the nine has this superpower of objectivity, right? They can, they can literally crawl, crawl into someone else's perspective. Um, and connect with that and see, um, mainly because they can know the other types so well versus again, uh, mm-hmm. not knowing themselves. So when they are moving from stress and security, so we talked about that a little bit, uh, their growth point or when they're super healthy and they can reach in and kind of take on added values, um, and character traits, they can reach to the three, which is the achiever. Uh, when they make that move, it helps them recognize their worth um, and their value, and it helps them put themselves out there a little more. So to be a little more um, okay with taking risks, right? And maybe risk upsetting an apple cart, right? Right. By way of like, you know what? I'm worth this. I deserve this. And it can actually just, it can help them move, right? Because threes are kind of always on the move. Um, in stress, they reach to six and they could do this in a healthy way or an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. Um, so to tap into the high side of six helps a nine, um, helps encourage action in them, right? And because we're going back to that lethargy, right? Um, helps them make decisions, helps them plan um, to be responsible, outspoken, and they're actually super dutiful and on the high side of six. Um, but to move that way on the low side of six, it can cause them to be more anxious. Um, passive aggressive is a big one here. Um, lazy, conspiratorial, like they, they can feed into these conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can often become sort of a victim, right? They can feel victimized and play that victim card, uh, a lot. So, um, there's when they're healthy, they're known as being patient, strong. Uh, they have a really great endurance. They just don't mm-hmm. tire, right. uh, because they're so steady. Right. Um, they have grit and stamina. They have an inner stability. Um, they're great in a crisis because they're calm. Uh, they're inclusive. They're really great folks to have in a large group, especially in a, in a diverse group, because they're, they're seriously like non-judgmental, super forgiz- forgiving and unselfish. Uh, but when the nines start to become a little more unhealthy, uh, they can retreat into this inner sanctum. Um, they can feel paralyzed apathetic, um, disengaged, they can become complacent, uh, resigned, uh, appeasing, repressed, neglectful, and they can disappear, um, which is kind of heartbreaking to see, but happens, um, when they're just out of touch with themselves. So, uh, when I'm under stress, I recognize the unhealthy escape mechanisms better in myself as a result of the Enneagram. I become uh, anxious, defensive. I I take on the tension of others. I mean, I can feel it in my body. 
I, I worry about being left out. I worry about not belonging. But slowly I've learned that it's okay to step back, to remove myself from situations, to take a moment before I speak up to so there's no defensiveness in my voice, but, but then to give myself permission to share an opinion, to think my voice counts, my opinion matters. That, that's been a challenge, and the Enneagram has helped me to I, overcome that. One thing that, and you know, as you mentioned, we don't want to type our kids, but I have a kid that I think is leaning very heavily toward a nine. And um, one of the things you mentioned, just kind of like the idea of giving in to like what others, you know, letting somebody else kind of take the lead or letting somebody else kind of make the decisions. And I know one thing that I have really noticed in this one child is just the anytime there is a an option thrown out or, a, hey, would you guys rather do this, this or this? The answer is always, I don't care. It doesn't matter to Mm -hmm. me. Whatever everybody else wants to do. And I'm really, like, I'm not trying to change who she is necessarily, but I am trying to help her see that what you want does matter. And you can think through Mm -hmm. what you want. You don't have to make your, you know, you don't have to just defer to like, yeah, sure, whatever, like, whatever. Um. And so we've had a, a situation the other day where there were, you know, several of us kind of trying to decide what we all wanted to eat for our next meal or like where we were going to go. And truly, like everybody was saying, eh, it doesn't matter to me. Y'all decide. And this particular child asserted herself and like point blank said, I would like to go here. And I, I, I just kind of saw her like, yeah, I said it because I've really, I've really truly had some Aww. conversations with her about it. And And then in that moment, it was like, nobody heard her. And so I'm like, hey, nobody really has said, but this one person did say. So I think that's where we need to go. Like the one person who has said, and um, I think that was just like a little win for her, not just to to muster the courage to say it, but then to know that like, hey, yeah, everybody's going to do what I want to do this one time. It's Um, Yeah. I have the same thing with my child. I mean, it's, it's not even doesn't know where he wants to go eat, but it's more well, everybody else likes this restaurant, whether or not he, he so doesn't that's know fine he with me. or not, right? Like I'm sure he's fine with it, but he, he opts yeah. for the thing that will keep, he thinks about it. What's everybody else going to want? And I'll use my voice to affirm their wishes instead of getting in touch with my own. Um, and that's part of the, the life. Yeah. yeah. That's part of the last lost childhood message for the nine too, is that their voice isn't, doesn't matter. Or their their wants don't matter, and that it is easier, and you you're you're more capable of receiving love if you go with the flow, and you just you know submit to whatever is the least um, disruptive, the least resistance. Just, yeah, yeah. So there's no harm in, a, in you know making sure that your child knows, like you know your your say is important here too. Um, I have adult nine friends. You're listening, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I love you, uh, but yeah, I love seeing the nine step up you know, in a conversation or in a, in a, in a decision point or a disagreement or a text thread or anything, stepping up and asserting like a really strong opinion about a thing. And I try to celebrate that as often as I can, because I'm like, I know that's a big move for you. Like, that's awesome. I love that. So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's important to recognize, um, you know, it is what it is, but there's, there's, there's a love that's rooted like really deeply in there that we could hang on to. And actually their, um, uh, virtue is holy love right. and their, um, 
Oh, I forgot the name, but anyway, there, that can actually, they can use their anger. Their anger can manifest in a positive way. It doesn't have to always be negative. Right. But it actually pushes them into this thing called right action. Um, which is an amazing thing to see for a nine and something that we could all learn from. Once again, the thing that we all in, in nine different ways become disconnected from this virtue, this, you know, um, beautiful thing that we bring to the world. Um, the nine can show us how to, um, take action in a loving way. Um, and, and make sure that we're sort of perpetuating harmony, right. Instead of, you know, discord and look at our world right now, right. We could use a little bit of that. Yeah. So, well, another thing that I I love about a nine and my mom is a nine or she's, she's actually been really digging in and learning a lot more about this. And mom, I'm sure you'll be listening. So, Hey, giving you a shout out here, but (laughs) you know, I feel like a lot of times the nine is so conditioned to just kind of sit back and let other people take the lead or let other people have the the spotlight or um, have the opinion. And to me, the thing about a nine is when they do decide to listen, to uh, speak, to speak up or to exert themselves, you better just sit back and listen mm-hmm. and you better sit back and yep. pay attention because they have been so observant and taking in so many of the details and processing so many sides of the the coin, so to speak, that when they finally do like let loose full, full of wisdom, full of truth, mm-hmm. full of yeah. um, just harmony, like for the good of the the whole. And I think that's something I know I, I appreciate about my mom personally, but then also just nines in general, just this, wisdom that they possess, this quiet strength and wisdom. When I'm functioning at my highest level, I'm uh, creative, I'm uh, ambitious and very focused, very goal-oriented. People trust me because I think I am able to see both sides and uh, be open-minded about things. I think they look at me as a, being a good listener and mediator, um, being a, empathetic and accepting. I, I, I'm proud of those of those things. You know, I've I've learned that many of the things I did not like in myself, things that made me feel indecisive and unsure, are actually strengths that have made me um, a peacemaker which is what I desire to be. So the nine has two different wings as every other type does. So sitting up at the top, their wings are both still in the body center, which is interesting, Um, but they can have an eight wing. Uh, So the nine with an eight wing is actually called the referee. I love that. Um, there can, that combines agreeability with endurance and strength. Um, and they are the folks you want mediating any kind of conflict. (laughs) If you're looking for a couples therapist, you're going to say, I need you to be a nine on the, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, the nine with a one wing is called the dreamer. Um, they are imaginative. They have all of these different points of view and they can combine them to create this idealistic world. Um, and it's also, they're often more purposeful, right? So instead of just kind of like cuckoo, they've got like, okay, this is my purpose in life. Like this is what I'm out to achieve. Um, and, and create. So. so something we love about the nines is they remember the essential quality of wholeness and completion. They, re- they truly remember and then um, engage in the interconnectedness of things. Nothing in the universe of a nine exists separate from anything else. And that's one thing I love about them. They mm-hmm. um, 
by having all this knowledge, they actually bring great inner peace. And I think a lot of times it's their inner peace that exudes out of them that helps others of us feel so attracted to them, right? We we crave being around someone mm-hmm. that exudes that that peace. Um, so I don't know, Kelly, like, do you have any other final thoughts on nines? Well, I think, and it ties into what you just said, the fact that we are so attracted to them because they are so easy to love, right? Like they are just safe and easy and accepting. Um, but that could also be to their detriment. So keep an eye out for that. Um, if you find yourself getting super close with the nine, make sure that they aren't tempted to merge with you um, in that way, right? Um, they're going to they're gonna be super self-forgetting. So t- try not to take advantage of that, right? Like try to be mindful of the fact yeah. that because of their nature, they will give everything, you know, and, and side with you and yep, they'll decide, like, don't put decisions on them, right? Like do easy things to where (laughs) if you guys are trying Mm -hmm. to decide where to eat, maybe just go ahead and say, would you be, or maybe ask them point blank, like, what are your favorite foods and remember them, right? Instead of, you know, always putting them on the spot, especially in a group setting to make decisions, um, or to be the person to kind of guide the group, because that is really uncomfortable. Um, but if they do, Make sure that you're affirming and praising them <laughs> and, and celebrating that uh, as a growth point for them. So, yeah, again, just knowing other people and being empathetic to the fact that they operate differently than you uh, is a big deal. So, yeah. But have you heard that some people believe that Jesus was an Enneagram 9? <laughs> I have heard that. I've heard that. And I've also heard that it's like the ideal um, conflu- confluence, maybe it's the wrong word. Of all but that's the numbers. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I don't know enough to really speak on it a lot, but yeah, it's, I've heard that because of the capacity that he had, right. Mm -hmm. To, to just, ah, be so at peace with everything, be so inclusive Mm -hmm. and so like omniscient almost. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's a bad word, but, um, ah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I've heard it described like as a, this could be said of a nine or of Jesus that they're contemplative activists. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because they're they're pushing in action verse and also um, thinking through it. And, yep. and the activism is driven through love, so yeah. it kind of combines all of the the types and the touch points. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of theories about the fact. And again, this is I, this is next level enneagram stuff, but the shape in and of itself, the movement all kind of like cir- starts and originates from the point nine. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the, the, the height that it has on the system. Um, it's kind of like a gateway, like, a, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm speaking out of my, my rear end now, but yeah, it is important and kind of the, uh, goal, right. Yeah. The ideal. Yeah. And I, I have heard that it, he, you know, he would have also taken on all the types like perfectionist, helper, achiever, individualist, investigator, loyalist, like all the, there's different things. Yeah. Going down a, a rabbit hole at this point, but, um, well, yeah. Yeah. And so have you heard too that like you were not points on the Enneagram? We actually exist somewhere on the lines. Right. And we just happen to have gotten stuck somewhere near one of one these point. numbers. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? So yeah. then there's the, there's the theory that maybe the, the point is to move throughout the whole system yeah. or maybe to exist somewhere in the middle. I'm just saying. Just it's saying. Crazy. Just saying. <laughs> well, listen, we've enjoyed having you for this series. We will touch base next week and kind of give you just our thoughts on how we perceived the series of Summer of Enneagram going and also reflect a little on our one-year podcast anniversary. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. 
For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice, not 